Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Business from the Bass Boat, powered by X2 Power. And today, folks, we've got a cool show lined up. Just this is kind of staying on this theme. We just had Matt Pangrak on talking about different uh, situations right now in the industry, fishing the opens, that whole situation. Uh, and to keep it kind of on the business side, what's cool about this guest, we just had him on with, with the Serious Angler guys talking all of his incredible success on the NPFL, but he also purchased Omega Custom Tackle recently this last year. So kind of in the spirit of business from the bass, but we're going to get into both sides, both the fishing and the business side of things. And uh, without further ado, someone who is just red hot right now in the fishing world, Taylor Watkins. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Adam? Dude, I'm doing good. You know, we were talking a little before we, we went on air. You've been deer hunting a bunch, which is, uh, man, that's uh, that's my passion this time of the year, big hunter in general. But uh, it's uh, it's good to get out in the woods, probably forget a little bit about fishing for a minute. I have to, man. I, I'm not one of these guys that can fish all summer and winter. Like, I, I can't do it. I, I have to disconnect and uh, get that fire relit and rolling, which it wasn't that hard this year, you know, like, coming off of a big win it's like <clears throat> that fire kind of stays lit you know but a little like, flame attached you know, yes a little bit you know so but if if i take a break dude come january i'm like chomping at the bit like let's go i'm ready you know so i just like to disconnect a little bit and uh and i correlate deer hunting with fishing you know yeah. I mean, it's still you're still patterning game animals and you know and 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 I correlate it kind of the same. So I, I enjoy it. I've always, uh, I've always said I want to fish so I can hunt. So <laughs> dude, I'm with you. I am. I feel like how a lot of, I mean, look at like, um, and and, yep. Yeah. All these guys who are, I mean, they say they fish so that they can have an off season for four months, three months to just be in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll see. Maybe one day, man. Well, the way the way you're fishing, you keep that up. It won't be too long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I still uh, work the full time job, and uh, you know, I, I work in sales uh, and, uh, and and do that five days a week. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm I'm blessed, dude. I'm blessed to have that opportunity to to have a boss that that lets me do that. So, dude, yeah, no, that's that's huge. I mean, just with how how financially tough it is, um, in this sport, it is, it, it's almost necessary in my eyes. There's, there's a couple different routes you can go, but a great one is if you can work within the industry or without, or, or, or have the ability to be an independent contractor or something along the lines of, or a boss that allows you to take that time off to go fish tournaments, um, and still have that outside income. Uh, I think it's important, um, just because there's definitely peaks and valleys, uh, when it comes to how expensive this game is. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, if it wasn't for them, there's no way, you know, having that safety net, you know, having, having that, Hey, I know that if things don't go right, I've always got this to fall back on and, and I'm not going to lose my house. I'm not going to lose my truck. I'm not going to lose my boat. My wife's not going to leave me and take the dog, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) so, uh, you know, you're going to have foods and all that stuff, you know, and that's uh that really eases the mind whenever you go to a tournament, you know. Now, don't get me wrong, like, there's a lot of money on the line. Uh, I'm not made of it. I don't have a bunch of it. Uh, I, I actually had to borrow a little bit of money to get started, mm-hmm. you know, with the NPFL and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it was stressful. It was very, very stressful. But. I knew it. I knew it was my opportunity. I knew I had to take a shot, and if I was going to take a shot, that was it. And it made the most sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit through that. Um, especially, I, I'm definitely analytical when it comes to tournament fishing stuff. Looking at the numbers, looking mm-hmm. at tournament costs, entry fee costs, that sort of a thing. So, when the NPFL started, and when you took your shot i guess what were some what were some turning points for you what led you decide hey um you know i'd fished you and i were talking you'd fished a couple of costas and we're we're in that realm what made that push to that national tour with the npfl um 
Really and truly, it was uh, it was uh, a good friend of mine, an older gentleman. Uh, he's in his late sixties, and we fished together and everything, and and we had done really well together. You know, like where we partnered up, I I kind of I wouldn't say peaked. I probably I hope I haven't peaked, but I, you know, like, <laughs> I was growing as an angler quickly okay. during okay. this time, and and he saw my progress you know very quickly and we were fishing together wherever i started fishing costas and there, there is something to be said about going and spend a week on the water like if you go spend a whole week on the water there's so much that you learn and and, and there you see all of the little changes and small subtleties and you can follow it from day to day to day Whereas before that, I was only fishing on Saturday or Sunday or occasional afternoon here or there, you know, whenever I could. Yeah. Well, you don't get to see those subtle changes, see the fish move from this area to a deeper hole that's 100 yards away or, you know, the things like that. And whenever I started doing that and fishing the coast as it really progressed and then uh, the opportunity with MPFL came up and he really, really pushed me. He said, you know, hey, I, I've always dreamed of having this opportunity. You've got this opportunity. Like, go for it. Like, he's, wow. His words, his exact words was, he said, Taylor, you got the rest of your life to work. You just will have something to work for, you know? And I was like, mm. okay. You know, he believed in me. My boss believed in me. Uh, my boss sat me down one day in our break room like I was done. I sold my boat. I was done with it. That's super, it's a long story, but Anyway, I had fished Costas to make the championship, uh, Gunnersville, my home lake, and I choked, dude. I just smoothly choked. I lost all. I found so the what year? Fit. What year was this? What year was the? Because sixteen? No, 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 no. Uh, I moved here in sixteen, so it was fourteen, fifteen, okay. something like yeah, that. And it was that's the last, the last Toyota series or. On Gunnersville, yeah, but prior to this last year, yeah, yeah. So not this last one last year, but the the one that was on Gunnersville before that. Okay, and yeah. uh, I had found the winning fish. I found the winning mat. Oh, I man. watched the dude that win put them in the boat, and I'm over there sticking them and losing them, you know. And it, it just, it, dude, it just killed me. Ripped your heart out. I'm done with this, like I'm done. I'm over it. Like I'll still fish, but I'm not gonna go spend all this money and do all this, you know, because I had put up all my money, like all my savings that I had saved, I had put on that year, mm. you know, counting on that championship, making that championship and making my money back. And there was my shot at the Forcewood cup, like right there. And I just, it didn't happen. And my boss sat me down in the break room the next year and he was like, you can't give up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm over it. And he's like, no, he said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You just can't give up. And he actually paid for my Costas that next year. Wow. Yeah. And, what a, what yeah. a support system, man. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Now I had to split all the money I won. So he believed in me enough. He said, he said, whatever you win, we're splitting it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, deal. you know, like, heck, what do you say, dude? You're going to, you're going to oh. let me have vacation and you're going to pay it. Like, shoot. yeah, we'll split it. You know? So I think a lot of guys would take that right now, yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. And so uh, those two people really played a big role in my, I was in my tw early twenties, you know, at that time uh, through that, you know, and then uh, whenever this opportunity with MPFL came up two years ago, uh, you know, both of them were very supportive, you know, like, I know you're going to like, you got to go do it. Like, there's no if, ands, or buts, you got to go do it. So uh, that, that was kind of, and, and and like we've talked about earlier, the money made sense. You know, you they paid down to 40th place. If you got a check, it was $10,000. Well, $5,000 entry fee, you were making at least $3,500. Well, that's more than I make at work in a week. You mm -hmm. know, so like if I cut a check, like it's a decent amount to really start putting those stones down to build. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I cut a check at every event and then ended up winning the last what, last event and really put a exclamation on the end of the year. And, and uh, man, we were ready for year two. So, Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you just you set the world on fire uh, from that, the winning most angler in the NPFL, right? You've got three wins. 
three, which the trophies are just the coolest thing to me. Big old <laughs> shields, man. Do you have room for those? Like, what's the situation? Well, there? Actually, it's kind of sad. Uh, there's one right there, and then is that on the floor? Yeah. So yeah, dude, you can't have a trophy on the floor. Come they, on. I, my my wife like started Christmas decorations, and she's like, "These things have got to go somewhere else." And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you say, dude? Like, she lets me go fishing, and uh, yeah, like, she takes. I'm like, whatever. Like, they're cool. Let's good. We'll figure something out. She's so. Our deal was whenever I won this last one, I was in second place going to the last day. We were laying in bed that night. And she goes, "If you win this one, we're building a garage." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we need to do that." Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I maybe here in about six or eight months or so, I'll have a place to put them. There you go. Have a shop with all of them in there. That'd look yeah. nice. Yeah, man, I would I would have just said maybe to uh, tell her to put the Christmas lights on top of them. I think it, they'd look nice. <laughs> we may work on something. But... That's a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I mean, so we're going off of the second year in the NPFL. Um, so the closing event, you win the closing event, your third win. Um, like you said in the beginning, there borrowing money for entry fees um, and stuff like that to this point now, like you've built a solid base income from winnings. Like we're not talking sponsor dollars. This is straight money from tournaments. Um, that's an incredible thing to do um, in any, in any league. But again, um, from my perspective, the way I cl- have classified things always from a pro triple a level, everything like that. I've always viewed it as like, if you're paying an entry fee, that's five grand or more. That is the pro level in my eyes, just because it's a good way to categorize things. And then the opens and the Toyota series, I've always viewed as AAA because it's $22,000 entry fee, 2,500, something in there. So you've, you've made a substantial amount of money on these entry fees and the NPFL pays a little deeper, but their top payouts only 50,000 too. So to just to see that number, you know, your career earnings in the last two years, um, you've got to be the the top, right, at the NPFL over the last two years? Um, I don't know, because Suka won two in a row, uh, you know, or not two in a row. Yeah, well, not two in a row, but he won two last year. Close. Yeah. Yeah, so me and, me and John are probably pretty close. I, I've, missed, I've missed one check in two years, and that was like wow. Hartwell. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, your your earnings in 2022 were 141,000. Yeah. Over six tournaments. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's out. Yeah, and I missed one. I missed one check. So, I mean, I didn't get a check at all at Hartwell, so. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And dude, well that's that's fantastic. And I want to get into your thoughts. I know um on the last show with Bailey I listened to that one and uh just really broke down your tournament win. To, to close out the year. But you and I are talking a little beforehand too, just 2023 is going to look different for you. Um, what, what, uh, what's going to happen in 2023 for Taylor Watkins? So I am going to fish all nine opens and uh, take my shot. You know, uh, I, it is not an easy decision at all. I mean, we just talked about the last two years, you know, $141,000 this year in winnings, you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I lay down at night and wonder if I'm doing the right thing or not, but, um, it, you know, I, I've worked so hard to have this opportunity and this shot to, I mean, that that's everybody's dream, Bassmaster Classic and, you know, Bass. I mean, Nothing against MPFL. MPFL has been around for two years. Bass has been around for 50. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, my goal whenever I started MPFL was to establish a, a good foothold with MPFL and then chase the uh, elites, you know, through the opens, which back then you could do three events. Mm-hmm. You know, now it has changed to nine. Things did change. But – I, you know, I was even geared up to fish all nine opens and six MPFLs, but mm-hmm. the schedules just don't line up. I tried everything I could to make it happen and and make those schedules line up. And it just, 
it it doesn't make sense to do both. Um, I, I would have to miss three MPFL events and then a couple of events. Like I'd only get like one day of practice or something and travel and traveling from one side of the country to the other. And mm. it just, it just doesn't make sense. But um, yeah. So um, Big change, man. yeah, we're, we're, I, I'm excited and nervous all at the same time, but you know, it, it's one of those things like you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. whenever I made the jump to MPFL, like and I lost sleep some nights, you know, and, and, you know, those first couple of tournaments were really hard, just uptight. Yeah, dude, I, I prayed a lot. Just let yeah. me, let me let this stress go. Just let me fish stress free. And, and, and finally that started happening and, and I started fishing freer and freer and freer. And, and my, my standings show that, you know, I, I started out just a good solid finish, laid that baseline down you know, no, next tournament, cut a check, good, cut a check, good. We paid off all of our debts. We're done. We're at zero. All right. The rest of the year's just cash, you know, cash, you know, let's, let's make the money for next year. And that was the plan was let's break even in the first three tournaments. And then, then we got to make the money to fish again on year two. Mm-hmm. And, and so I did, you know, I, I put a little bit in the bank and then ended up winning that last one and just really put the icing on the cake and then ended up winning the first one this year, you know, and it was like, that one was just super unexpected and, you know, unbelievable, you know, how it happened and everything. It was one of those things like I was still kind of in a whirlwind from winning the last one. And then this one, and it's just, and then this last at Kissimmee, Uh I almost won uh, in Ohio. I finished third in Ohio and uh, I only had four fish on day one and jumped off a six pounder. So I, I, I land that fish. I win that tournament by three pounds or more. <laughs> so it's just been, it's been a whirlwind, man. Dude. Wow. Wow. I, I just, uh, to have that level of success, man. And um, like you said, to jump in to a national style tour prior to that, when you were fishing in uh, the Costas, now the Toyotas, um, I would assume just, just one division, probably what, whatever the central division or whatever you're closest to there. So had you spent much time fishing outside of your region prior um, to that? So wherever I fished, uh, the coast is, I alternated, uh, divisions. Okay. So I did the Southern division and then yeah. I did the centrals. Okay. Southern is like Florida, um, South Carolina, Mm-hmm. Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, something like that. Central is like Kentucky, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama Plains, yeah, yeah. Plains kind of area. And so I did one Southern, I did a Central, I did a Southern, I did a Central, and just just to help, you know, and and move things around and and uh, learn. But uh, as far as going up north, I have not. I fished uh, Winnebago uh, last year with MPFL, and then we went to Saginaw and Ohio uh, Sandusky uh, this year. So that was my first, you know, experiences up north. I mean, Winnebago was it was a smallmouth kind of deal. Well, semi sorta kind of, yeah, sure. not really, but sorta. And then uh, Saginaw, like I went there all prepared to catch smallmouth. I spent like the first day practicing for smallmouth. I'm like, well, this ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, and you'd heard all these things like catch a hundred a day, largemouth. Yeah. You know? like, that sounds a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So I went to the bank and just started smashing all. I'm like, yeah, this, this is my kind of deal here, you know? So, but uh, yeah, Sandusky, I, I uh, just, got out there and man, I really just started fishing it like the Tennessee river. Like I started graphing and idling and looking for boulders and looking for hard spots and just different kinds of rock and transitions and stuff like that. And I actually found, I found the winning spot on Lake Erie. Uh, and it just, I, no, I screwed it up. I didn't know how to fight smallmouth correctly until day two. So, 
the learning experience. But uh, yeah, we learned quickly and uh, we capitalized the rest of the week. So I caught my personal best every single day at Sandusky uh, Smallmouth. Wow. Every day it went up. My last one was a six two. Let's go. Yeah, it's sweet. Dude, that's awesome. That is, uh, I will say, uh, the, uh, one one negative to that you're not fishing the NPFL in 2023. I feel like they have a fantastic schedule. Like uh, I've when they came out with their schedule, I thought it was out of all the tours a, a pretty attractive one, just from where they're going from that side of things. They seem to uh, be on a good streak there of kind of mixing things up, like some stuff that everyone knows about, but cool to go start on Amistad, right? Like we haven't seen a big Amistad, Amistad tournament in a long time. Um, so from that perspective. But you're getting to go straight back to Florida to start. Well, I guess, yeah, the first no, first, no, no, they're starting Alabama. You fall, you fall Alabama. That's right. We go. So uh, the Opens actually changed it up, and we're going to uh, Harris Chain in the fall in September, September, October, something like that. So I'm excited for that. That was that <laughs> man. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, Taylor, I want to get into more of that because I think that's a that's a huge story here going to the opens and what went into your mindset. I know um, the NPFL has talked a lot about how they have straight up said we are a spring can be a springboard lead league for guys. They've talked about how, hey, you can come make a name here. You're an example of that. John Sukup's an example of that where names have been built on this platform, um, you know. What are some of the things that went into your decision-making to make this change in 2023 going from a, uh, you know, expensive entry fee, but a better payback to something where, I mean, it's a, it's a whole different game when you're at that triple a price tag level. Yeah. um, I, I've never fished an open before Uh, and strictly because it didn't make sense. Uh, financially, it didn't make sense, which fishing in general doesn't financially make sense. But <laughs> <There's a problem laughs> yeah. And fishing, and that's one of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I just never did the, the Toyotas were always lucrative to me because of the championship and all of that. Um, but I've always had the dreams of being a league series pro and fishing a classic uh, or hopefully many of them. But yeah, I, whenever I started the MPFL, the whole plan was like the long-term five-year plan. Whenever I started MPFL was to get started, build a platform and, and chase the opens, you know, just go fish three and, and try and qualify. Yeah. And, and if I did great, if I didn't, I still had this platform over here that I could, stand on, you know, and, and build on and grow as an angler and travel the country and still, you know, get everything the all the tools, gather all the tools that I needed to be on the elite series. Yeah. Um, and I hope one day the MPFL is that where sure. it's like, Hey, you know, everybody wants to get there. You know, I, I think they can coincide with each other. Uh, it's just some growing pains, but that's beside the point. So I, I finally, I have acquired some sponsors. You know, I went out and I've made a name for myself. I've kind of, um, I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, just, just built, I don't want to say built a brand, but. No, yeah. man, that's what you're doing. I mean, it's a personal brand. It's your, your personal brand when it comes to tournament fishing. Yeah. So, you know, just built a name for myself, I guess. And, and I've acquired these relationships. That, that's kind of what I was looking for. Like started these relationships and, and they started with a little or nothing like Bass Boat Electronics. I literally walked into Bass Boat Electronics and I put my hard cash down for everything that I bought last year. Just this is what I want. I laid my cash down. They handed me a hat and I put the hat on and wore the hat and, you know, and stayed in touch and started that relationship and yeah. now it's grown into a really good sponsorship. Jason's you know? a good guy. He 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 was uh, one of the first guests I ever had on the on the podcast talking about uh, really electronics. Yeah, okay, dude, yeah. Well, Jason and Chad and all the guys at Bass Boat Electronics. I mean, they're they're phenomenal, dude. Yeah. But 
but that's how that started, you know, and, and then, you know, he saw me, what was going on and, and, and he wanted to learn me as a person, not, not just, you know, like these companies want to know you as a person. They want to understand your, uh, your demeanor and how you handle yourself. And uh, they're not just going to go give money to a dude that might go, you know, yank a wheelchair out from under a guy, you know, and you don't know, you know, so you want to get, form these relationships and, and, and do these things. And, so that's how I started that. And then, you know, bait works, of course. So what I'm getting at, long story short, is uh, develop these relationships through the MPFL. So now I can go to the opens and I don't have to fork out all of my cash to pay for a an entry fee that I most likely probably are not going to get back, you yeah. know, through the end of the year. Now, definitely I plan on cutting checks and all that stuff, you know, but year end your ROI your you know return is is probably not going to be there in the opens the opens is one of the only tournament schedules that you can qualify for the elites and make zero money Mm -hmm. and lose money so um I'm finally to that point to where that makes sense and that's what I'm going to do I mean I've I've thought about it and thought about it and uh you know, we're, we're going to go for it. I'm going to go for it and see how it goes. If it doesn't go well, like I still have this good relationship with Brad and Paul and Al at the MPFL. And they've all said, you know, Hey, we'll be happy to have you, you know, and, and hopefully I can make the elites and then their schedules will coincide and I can do both. Yeah. You know, that would, that would be the icing on the cake, but. No doubt. Oh, wow. I, I think those are good points, man. I've, I've always viewed it and I'll say it time and time again, like the opens are not a place to, uh, to make money. Um, and I have always been under the impression, unless you're going to fish all nine of them, right. They hang the carrot of the classic. If you're not fishing all nine, but now they've made it more advantageous to fish all nine than it was before. Even, um, to me, I've always viewed like on the AAA level, the Toyota series, made so much more sense because there was a championship. You could fish a three tournament division. You could fish multiple three tournament divisions. If you're trying to gain that more experience level, but from a payout standpoint, it, it was a lot better than the opens because of the championship. And then you have, once you've kind of built up some of that experience, then push into the opens where you have that nine, nine series season. And in your case, right, you just did that with the NPFL, um, where you're forking out more money from an entropy standpoint, but your payback, as we, you know, as you, you talked about there, is double your entry fee. I mean, that doesn't in in the AAA level that doesn't happen uh, from just cutting a check standpoint. You really got to be honestly not even top mm-hmm. ten. You need to be like top, top five. five. Yeah. Like, you know, and and it's just a it's a bad deal when it comes to payouts. <laughs> Um, I, I fished a Toyota this year on Chickamauga, just jackpotted it and uh, finished 12th. And I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, it was like 225 anglers. And I'm like, man, you know, like I'm going to maybe top 10 this thing. Like I already get like 10 grand, you know. And then it's like I get my check and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. That was a lot of work for that, you know. <laughs> like, well, that's just it. You're still spending a week out there, right? Like you're still yeah. grinding. You're, you're, still, you're still doing all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's what that's what sucks about it. It's the same like it's the same um uh effort that you're putting in in every tournament, right? In the in a week long setting, you're practicing your three to four days, whatever it may be, and then your your three day tournament at a minimum. So it's hard to like see that after such a fantastic I mean, that's a unreal finish against 225 boats. Oh and- yeah. Yeah, I know. I was stoked. I was like, man, this is good, you know, like top Top 12 out of 200, I don't know. It might have been more than that. It might have been 250. I don't know. There was a bunch. I know that. <laughs> bunch uh, guys. And it was on Chickamauga, too, you know, so it fishes tiny anyways. And, uh, yeah, I was just it, – it just blew – it really opened my eyes to be like, dude, if, if you're out there and you're watching, like, and you're on the fence about this and you're a good angler, call Brad. I'm telling you, it's they have set this league up for guys to continue to fish. 
it's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I understand. Like everybody's like, well, if I'm paying that much, I want to win a hundred thousand dollars. You know how many guys win a hundred thousand dollars? Six. Yeah. If they pay down from down to fiftieth place, and they were going to pay to thirty sixth place or thirty fifth place for easy math. You know, you're talking about 25 guys times six are going to get a check. So, you know, you're talking about over 100 guys throughout the year are going to get a check that wouldn't have. So the difference in that is you're able to continue. You're able to keep going. It may not you may not make one hundred thousand dollars, but you're able to make 50 or 40 and do it the next year, you know, especially if you get some sponsorship help, if you get some sponsorship help, you know, say, say you get $10,000 like, or 15, you know, that's right at half your entry fees. Well, you go cut a check in the first two events Well, you're positive five grand. Yeah. If you cut a 10 and a 10, you're, you're positive five grand for your year in the first two events, mm-hmm. you know, and then you've got, four more events and a championship to go it, you know, it, from a money standpoint, it's, it's not dumb. It's not, yeah. it, it's a good place to, to go and really get your feet wet. Yeah. Dude. No, I, I, I think that that's a, a good thought process and um, you're kind of taking that next leap, which is less of a return um, from, from a money standpoint completely, but you've, been able to build that sponsor backing to go and do it. And, uh, I think it's a great strategy and, and, um, can't wait to watch you next year. Um, what are your thoughts on going from six tournaments to now nine tournaments into, into 2023? Is that a big jump for you? Do you feel like it's not going to be all that different? No, I love it. Uh, the more tournaments that I get to fish, I feel like the better chance I have to qualify if they wanted to make it 12, I'd be happy with it because yeah. I I typically am consistent. I, I that that's my main goal is it usually if I go catch wins. If, 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 <laughs> well, I mean that has progressed over the year. You know, like uh-huh. it's just one of those things that I've been consistent, been consistent, and then it's progressed into I've uh you know been put in the opportunity to capitalize on that consistency Mm. you know and i've been able to capitalize on it just luckily you know it's not anything special it's just putting yourself in the position and and just like this last tournament y'all go back and listen to the last podcast with uh serious angler um i talked about it and uh on day two i'm sitting on 10 pounds at two o'clock and i gotta weigh in at four and I made a last minute decision and went and called up twice with a five pounder and a four pounder and it essentially won the tournament for me. Whereas in years past, I probably would have been spun out by then by two o'clock. I'd have been spun out, mm-hmm. but I don't know where I was going with that, but phone messed me up, but just consistency. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, over nine events. Yeah. So like over nine events, I feel like in, in, I will progressively, maybe I finish 70th at Ufala. Well, I finish 50th at the next one and 50th at the next one and 40th at the next one. And then a top 10. Well, I'm just up that leaderboard, you know, whereas another guy might win and finish last. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest key. That's the biggest key in this whole game is just, Dude, if you can go catch 14 pounds a day, you'll win every year. You'll, you'll come out in the positive every year if you can go catch 13 to 14 pounds every single tournament. It's just like Andy Morgan. Andy Morgan's won however many angler of the years. Andy Morgan goes and catches 13 to 14 pounds. Don't matter if it's a mud hole. He's going to go catch 13 to 14 pounds, and he's made a living at it. You know? Then, well, if you can always come in with a limit, like if you can catch a limit every day, if, I, if you look at like, at least I've looked at like the stats in a lot of tournaments. Um, if you can catch a limit, which again equates to generally, if you're on a decent fishery, 15 pounds, 14 pounds, um, 
you you always are going to make a championship like yeah. every every year yeah and, and that's the name of the game just stay consistent and then whenever you are dealt those cards of you know being able to potentially win capitalize on it mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's an interesting th- i mean uh the consistency you know you have different strategies from anglers right you have guys who talk about you know the guys who just swing and then you have the guys who are just trying to find the largest amount like a jacob prosnick always talks about i don't i'm i'm not looking for big ones like if that big ones are great but i'm looking for where i can go catch 50 of them in a row and i know i'm going to stumble across a big one um it's interesting to hear that from your your thought process because you've turned kind of that of like hey be consistent always always go go catch your 13 pounds be able to cash a check make the championship those type of things you've parlayed that into winning and um to win at the consistency that you have is what's what's impressive to me because like like you're saying you get dealt the cards right uh to go to go win an event but those cards, you know, those, those, those don't to me, they aren't dealt that often. Right? <laughs> the majority of guys like those are like once in a career dealt, you know, situation. Know. So that, that's, what's crazy to me is like, man, that's a, it's an interesting analogy because there's something more there. I think anyway, at that, at that to win with the level of consistency that you are. Yeah. I, that's where I, was it Kissimmee practicing and my wife called and she's like, how's practice going? And I'm like, this was like an hour after I'd found that spot. And I said, I don't really want to say this out loud, but I think I found a winning spot. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I, I don't know how, I don't know why, but if they stay there, I'll win. And, wow. and she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, I mean, I could zero, you know, I don't know, but, if the amount of fish that were there right now stay there for three more days, I will win this tournament. And, uh, man, it was just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was like, it's just one of those things, you know, and, and where I found that place, I drove by it on pad on plane, literally drove right over the top of it. And I just had this gut feeling of that looks right. And that's what I said to myself. I was like, that looks right. I need to fish that the mouth of this thing. There's got to be current coming through there. There's got to be a shell bar. And I said, it just looks right. And I stopped, but I was already a half, you know, by the time my mind registered and everything, like I'm just driving and I'm like, you need to stop in this area. And I stopped and, and started fishing and I got some bites and I was like, Oh, okay. I got some bites. Now I really need to go check that spot you know, or go out to that area, just get out in that area. And that's what I did. I fished my way all the way out to it. Whenever I got out to it, I live scoped around and I I panned out and I'm like, holy mackerel, look at that. And I'm like, there's no way those are bass. And I picked up a dirt bag and fired it out there, snatched it down about five or six times and like six of them just off the bottom, five pounder ate it. And I'm like, rest is history, man. Yeah. I just started panning. I think I caught one more. Like I just started panning around. I'm like, oh, there's another group. And I threw over there and caught one more. Well, I put my rod down then. And I just started trolling around and live scoping. And I, I, it was like Tennessee River out there. They were just, doo, 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 doo. it was crazy. That's crazy, man. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I want to get into going into 2023. Big change, fishing the opens. But another big thing that happened in 2022 is you and your wife purchased Omega custom tackle correct yeah that's right in july in july so cool man well that's it i mean you're it's cool because you're investing some of that money maybe that you've won into into something that can keep producing for you um tell me a little bit about that process and what does it look like i mean for for someone like myself i mean just trying to think through what goes into that decision um how does a, a purchase price even get talked about there? What And you don't have to say any numbers, obviously, but where does that all come from? And uh, what was the decision with the purchase? So um, this all goes back to the gentleman that I was telling you about, uh, that the older gentleman that I had started fishing with. 
and we developed a great relationship. Uh, you know, he initially kind of helped get all this going. And, uh, and when I won the first tournament, he started in on me, Taylor, you got to invest this money. You got to like, it's not going to be there. Like you got to invest it. We got to find something. And he wanted to start a rod company. He's like, you need to start a rod company. This is what you need to do. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds fun, but I don't know anything about it. Like, I mean, yeah, I fish with them. I know what I like, but to get from what I like to selling them and making them and all this, there's a lot that's got to go into that. Yeah. And so uh, I actually started talking to Paul Benson about it. Paul Benson was cashing rods for a long time. Now he's with ARC. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Paul's part of the MPFL and, and, uh, we sat down and had a meeting and talked about it. And he kind of briefed me on what it takes, what to do, you know, and then we started talking some numbers, you know, and, and just started kind of just dabbling, you know, just kind of spitballing. And, uh, you know, and, and he was just helping me from a friend standpoint, you know, there was nothing, there with anything you know it was just like hey this is what this industry is all about you know just from a friend standpoint i want to help you out and tell you what to do what not to do you know things like that and uh so i kind of bounced the idea around a little bit whatnot well then uh i want another tournament and (laughs) it's like okay, like we got to do something, you know, something, (laughs) you know, like this, this is my nest egg to keep the angling side alive. We hope, uh, we don't know for sure, but we hope, um, so in amongst all that, Brad and Michelle were the owners of Omega Custom Tackle. They're owners in the MPFL. Um, they started talking about selling something got said to Brad or I mean to Paul, Paul said, Brad, you need to call Taylor. And he was like, why do I need to call Taylor? He's like, you just need to call Taylor. <laughs> and so uh, Brad called me and we started talking and uh, he sent me over all the financials for the last three years. And uh, I went through them. I sat down and, and looked through everything, you know, and, 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 and it's not a, you know, I mean, this is not a million dollar company, you know, it, it, it Omega Custom Tackle was, is known, you know, it, it, it has a good brand. Uh, it's known in the industry. Uh, it, it had a great track record back. I remember throwing Omega Tackle football jigs back. I was in high school, probably, you know, something like that, or just out of high school. I, I remember throwing a swim jig on Gunnersville that was Omega Custom Tackle. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, so Brad and Michelle had done a great job with uh, laying the foundation. They had uh, all the Shopify store was all set up. The website was set up. The inventory was there. They had the inventory stocked. They had all the books in line and squared away. Uh, had some good people that were helping behind the scenes and stuff. And uh, we kind of went through all that. And we agreed on a price and, Man, the rest is history. You know, I uh, we bought it in July, and uh, it's uh, it's been a learning curve. I'm not gonna lie. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it's owning a business. You know, it's 24 seven. So I I still work a full time job uh, in sales, and so I get up and go to work. I actually started past couple weeks of getting up and going and working out first. Just get ready for the opens and stuff, you know. And so, uh, man, it's some long days, you know, just uh, go work a full-time job and then come home and sit on the computer, work on Omega. I try to work on it on my lunch break. And uh, it's a lot, but I'm hoping that what this is going to progress into is Omega Custom Tackle is going to be my title sponsor one day. And then that way that, can never be that rug can never be jerked out from under my feet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always been a worry of mine of 
it, it doesn't matter how good of a relationship you have with sponsors. Things happen, you know, that are out of their control, out of your control. And it, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's business. You know, you never, never know. And so I want to be in control of my own destiny and, and, and have Omega to where, and I'm not going to, you know, like, I don't plan to pay myself whatever out of it. Like I want Omega to, to help me stay stable and I want to help other anglers too. You know, like I'm actually helping guys this year and I'm not taking a dime, you know, now I am hoping that those guys are going to help promote, you know, and I'm going to promote as well, but I'm actually helping these guys before I help myself. Like I could definitely just take that and, pay my entry fees and be yep. done, with it, you know, yeah, the heck with everybody else, you know, but I don't want to be like that. I don't want to do that. I want to involve these other people. I've, I've got some great guys. Uh, we sponsor Zach Burge. Uh, me and Zach are really good friends. Actually, I went and had dinner with Zach before I ever bought Omega and was like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Cause I know Zach's just straight up dude. He's going to be like, you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. or he's going to be like, dude, I think that's a really good idea. You know, he's not going to beat around the bush about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had that conversation with him and, and just, and I wanted to ask him if, if he was going to stay, you know, and, and stay with us and everything, if I purchased it and, you know, of course he was, you know, all in, Hey, I'm, I'm here. You know, if you need anything, I'll help any way I can. Uh, <laughs> this is a, way off the side note, but Zach right. actually helped me uh, get going in the Costas. Uh, he was actually the first person. And so uh, Zach paid my first entry fees for the Costas that I ever fished with. Uh, uh, he had a company called Bass Militia. Okay. And an apparel company that he was starting. And so... Uh, so is really, that now Foul Militia? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this was back... Uh, 2012 I think is when it was something like that and uh yeah so uh I, I owe a lot to Zach you know uh he, he's a stand-up dude and uh helped me get started helped me you know to to take that first jump as well into the coasters and uh so kind of come full circle now I'm sponsoring Zach. So <laughs> that's really cool, man. Yeah. So uh yeah, it it's uh it's a wild you just you never know, man. Like you never know what's gonna happen in five to ten years and you know, just develop those relationships and, and mend those relationships. But with Omega, I want to help other anglers. I wanna, you know, if there is a kid out there. 21, 22 years old, you know, that has aspirations to go for this. One day I want to be able to help them yeah. and, and, and help them get there. You know, it may not be a full ride, you know, but like I want to be able to, Hey, I'll, I'll pay for three tournaments, you know, yeah. whatever that may be. So uh, it's exciting, man. It's a tough time to be on in a business right now uh, or be started. It, it's not really a startup, but it is established company, but, to uh, be trying to grow a business, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a very challenging time, but I'm still trying to learn things and, and I haven't just went full bore. Like I didn't want to overload everything and then everybody get all pissed off and mad. So we've changed some things around. We've moved uh, where production is. I've moved it here to Tennessee. It's oh, cool. The, a great group uh, down here about 45 minutes from my house, big daddy Bates, Brian Hatfield, Brian Hatfield fishes with us at MPFL. I may have never met Brian if I hadn't fished the MPFL. Wow. Uh, and, and they do a phenomenal job for us. I mean, <laughs> order comes in, it goes out. Like a lot of them are going out the same day. You know, they're, they're doing a great job for us and uh, very excited about that. And, and we're working together to help each other grow you know, Brian didn't have a, uh, didn't have an online store and they're getting their online store set up. I'm showing them how I do it. And then they're showing me how they do things with uh, dealers. And so it's just exciting and it's fun. It's challenging. It's, it's, it's a challenge every day. I mean, 
me and my wife have sat in here in this bedroom on this computer nights till, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night, just ready to pinch each other's heads off. But, (laughs) but, uh, it's a group effort and, uh, and, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see where, where it goes and, and what happens. And I, I like doing the fun stuff. I like doing the selling. I like doing the new baits, the, you know, new designs, all that stuff. And, uh, Noel kind of helps with the bookkeeping and keeping me straight. So sure. Sure. Uh, sounds like a fun ride so far, man. Uh, and, and your comment just on bringing stuff under your own terms too. It's been a reoccurring theme. Uh, I've had a lot of shows here lately, talking about kind of the looming recession and everything going into 2023 marketing budgets coming down from, from sponsors and, and, uh, you're, you're right in it right now with the business. And, um, Pete Glusick had him on with the the Bass U talking to Bass U and how that all started. And it was 2008. He got 90% of his sponsor stuff cut in a two week span. Um, he got phone call to phone call talking about it. And he said, I want to, I want to take some of this and put it in my own hands because you never know. Uh, yeah. like you said, stuff's out of your control. I mean, new ownership comes in to a company and you get cut for no reason. You could have been perfect, uh, doing everything exactly right, providing all this stuff for the company and things change. Right. So, um, I don't know. That's a message I've always been trying to, uh, to more take that approach. Um, you know, in my own journey of fishing right now, I've fished a Toyota series, uh, as a boater. And I'm in the situation right now, kind of debating whether to go on the West or the centrals again. And it's like spending all this money traveling. I'm in Colorado, which does not make for an easy drive anywhere, <laughs> which is just fantastic. Um, but like some of that has been more of my mindset lately is like, all right, maybe take a step, step back on some of this stuff and build out some of these things on my end to be able to not necessarily rely on everything else i mean still have that ability to have sponsors the podcast does a great job with that but also have some of my own things because uh i think that that's an important thing uh just in my head anyway i have a hard time when when money is tight and stuff it's it's hard for me to really focus on fishing i think that when you're calm cool and collected like not worried about about some things uh from that perspective i fish better anyway when i'm not yeah Titan and, and I and before we bought Omega, we I had thrown around the idea about uh, doing you know real estate and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, uh, me and my wife. I mean, probably, I don't know. Not many people know this, but our first year, my first year to fish MPFL, we lived in a Lance camper in the parking lot at my work and rented our house out Airbnb. Dude, yeah, so we would have enough I'm money. My language, man. A big, big. Airbnb stuff's cool to me. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, we actually thought about kind of going that direction and actually had some land and got it perked and the perk test didn't pass and we were getting it surveyed. And I'm like, all right, you know, and this is right before we were going to, you were talking about Omega and everything, you know, and like that just went. And I'm like, okay, well, that was God's way of saying yeah, you're not. You need to go over here, you know. Like, all right, got it. Good sign. You Thanks know. for the sign. Moving forward, let's yeah, go. You pray for signs, and then it's like if you just open your eyes a little bit, you say like it's like, yeah, your land doesn't perk, and uh, all this like, okay, that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> just, you know, so uh, yeah, uh, but it's funny, man, how all that stuff works out, and yeah, you know, it, just talking about. Talking about the things that have happened and and are happening, it just it uh, it overwhelms me sometimes. It's just unbelievable. I, I you know, it, I I live by faith and and everything happens for a reason. So and, and here I sit, you know, to to be living proof of it. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Well, we'll start wrapping things up here. But how can folks in the first place just uh, first of all follow you along as an angler, but then also how can they check out all of Omega stuff. Like you said, a lot of custom jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, that sort of a thing. Where can folks check out some of that? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me, Taylor Watkins fishing on Instagram, Facebook, uh, both. And then, uh, Omega is just Omega custom Uh, go follow us. I mean, 
go check out the website. Go follow us on Instagram. That I mean, that helps a lot. You know, just stay connected. You know, that's the thing is just we're going to have new things coming out and, and y'all will, you'll be the first to see it if you're following along. So follow along with me, follow along with Omega, Omega custom tackle. I just, uh, got a bunch of new apparel. We got AFCO apparel. I mean, I, we went all out, you know, That's like, awesome of that, man, there's yeah. some cool new apparel, some good looking stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and, and the base that Omega has, I mean, I know there's somebody out there listening to this right now being like, you know, I used to throw an Omega football jig a long time ago, and I haven't thrown it in forever. Dude, it's the same Omega football jig that you used to throw back then. Still got that awesome hook in it. Still got that awesome eyes on it, you know, and everything. And and yep. and we got the Pro Mega structure jig made for throwing brush piles and dragging on shell bars and stuff. And um, and, and there's been a lot of new things added and, and, and we're going to be tweaking a few things and, and making them a little better. We've already started doing that with a little bit of the buzz base, just nothing major, but just like some little tweaks that I see. And, and Brian, like Brian is a, is a fisherman too, like NPFL and me and him are sitting there and he's helping putting these things together. And we're sitting there just, he's like, dude, we could do this one little thing, you know, and this thing would be awesome. And so we're just doing little tweak things like that, still leaving the bait the same, but just making them a little bit better whenever they come out of the package, just because we're me and him are able to put our hands on it before it comes to you guys, you know? So, uh, you know, you, you can trust that, that, that these baits are being built by, you know, quality anglers that, that are pretty particular about their stuff. So uh, we, we try to do our best to, make sure everything's perfect wherever it goes out. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge part of uh, Omega moving forward. Dude, one thing that I was going to say, something that I've used, I, I definitely have some of the football heads with the eyes on them. But the other thing, the mock-up jig head, your swing head deal that, yeah. that you can put, I love what I love about that, like going to that half or that three-quarter size especially. Um, my problem with all like your traditional swing head stuff, it's always – on a split ring, right? To where, or not even a split ring. It's just, uh, attached to where you can't change that hook out. And it's always yeah. a really big hook for like a biffle bug or something. Yeah. And that's great for, for largemouth fishing, but man, I catch a ton of fish on a freaking smallmouth on a, on a swing head. And I hate having that big hook and a yeah. big bait. You know, I might just want a smaller profile bait with a yeah. two odd or a three odd hook. Um, and uh, so that's something that I've utilized a ton over the years, just to be able to change that hook size and have a thin, smaller hook for smallmouth. So I, let me ask you: Do you throw? Do you put a straight shank on it, or do you put an EWG, just a smaller EWG, on it? Yeah, I still stick with an EWG. Um, so for me, like smallmouth fishing, I do a lot of it um, here. Like I like I like a thin hook for smallmouth in comparison. Mm-hmm. I'm not hitting them as hard. Um, yeah necessarily and we're in clear water from that perspective but i i'll stick like a three aught for instance um non-heavy ewg hook and then like a like a rage uh menace right something like that on the back and uh it can be just deadly at times Um, so so i i do the exact same thing on uh norse like uh, it's a really clear lake small mouth where they get start to get ready to spawn and they get oh. on those pea gravel banks. I do the exact same thing. I put a menace on it. That's exactly yeah. the same thing I put cool. on it. And uh, so, I mean, it's not just a Northern type deal. I mean, even for largemouth, uh, dude, the, the biffle bug is a lost. I don't know. There may still be a bunch of people out there that throw it, but uh, you're dead on with, you can, fit that hook with exactly that's always been the problem is the hookup ratio on it. Mm-hmm. It's always not been that you good. Smashed and you're like, nothing's there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you can change that hook out for the conditions that you're fishing and, and just wind that thing. And then you, uh, I've been experimenting a little bit with a straight shank hook on it and, and just, Oh, how's that? Been? Stri- you like the straight shank better? It's, I haven't got the ratio down yet as far as which one is better yet, but I have been playing with it, but you can go play with it yourself. Cause yeah, exactly. it, it literally cool. takes like just a second. You're like, and put a new one on or whatever you want to do, change it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I missed two fish in a row. Forget that thing. Let me put this one on, you know, and you can make those adjustments really quick. So, 
it, there's we've got some really good stuff and uh i'm excited man i'm, I'm excited to uh work on some new things and 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 see what we can do you know we're I don't know that we're going to reinvent the wheel or anything, you know, but like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see little where it's tweaks, goes. little tweaks go a long way, man. I mean, that's an extra, you know, an extra couple of bites that you get in the boat, especially on a, something like the opens uh, where it's going to be such a consistency thing um, yeah. can make a, a real big difference on whether you make the elite series or not at the end of the day. Um, Dude, to wrap up every show, I like to ask you, you already kind of went over your biggest small mouth, but your three biggest large mouth, small mouth spotted bass, where you were when you caught them and what you caught them on. Uh, biggest large mouth is uh, 10 7. I was stud 18 years old off of a Gunnersville Causeway, and it was the first fish ever caught on my buddy's boat that he won in the BFL co angler side. He won a bit, he won a Ranger boat from the uh i don't know i guess it was all american yeah it would have been yeah yeah, yeah all american he wanted a ranger boat and that was the first fish ever caught out of it and i caught it out of the back of the boat it's a 10 7 <laughs> that is awesome yeah and what uh did that fish eat a jig okay yeah you know, well it was an omega jig <laughs> 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 uh, uh but uh yeah so uh biggest spotted bass oh man um, I guess would have to be Lake Neely Henry. Uh, and I don't know. I was in my twenties and, uh, it was like a five, five twenty something, five and a quarter, something like that. Five and a half. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Coosa river spot too. In the current, like dogging. That was on a shaky head. Caught that oh, one. Shaky head. Wow. And then of course my biggest small mouth was, uh, couple months ago at uh sandusky bay six mm-hmm. two on live during i mean like go if y'all haven't watched or don't go check out mpfl go to the youtube channel it's all there all the live is there you can learn so much from watching live like yeah. i love oh, watching I live footage and like if you don't like listening to the people just turn turn mute it you know like and then just watch what these guys do it these are some of the best anglers on the planet you know like it, you may not realize that uh, you know mpfl has got really good anglers you know that are fishing but like even Bassmasters and all that like y'all go watch live it, it's free and it's free information and you get to see the real-time adjustments and changes Everybody wants to go watch the last day. Everybody wants to go watch the final day. I, I care less about watching the final day, to be completely honest. I like watching the first two or three days and seeing the guys that are struggling and what they do mm-hmm. and why they do it. So, like, day two at Kissimmee, I was struggling, dude. But you don't get to see the adjustments, but you get to see me kind of what I did throughout the day. And then I found the winning fish for day three. On day two, I just couldn't get them to bite. Mm-hmm. And you see that, and then where you see day three, it all comes together. Oh, okay, I see what happened in the progression there. That's what everybody's missing is the progression. All of us anglers are the same. All of us anglers are are good anglers. We can all make the same cast. We can all do the same thing. It's the ones that make the decisions faster. That's the ones that are successful. The ones that make the decision at 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you got to weigh in at 3, and they go catch one three-pounder, or the guy that makes the decision and makes a change at 1130 and he catches three, three pounders. That's the ones that are successful. Mm. So, but mm. uh, go check it out. Big uh, carrot. Big, yeah. big piece of advice, th- advice there, man. That was huge. <laughs> yeah. And so, I'm, I'm a fan of live fishing, dude. I, I watch it all. That's what's been cool. Uh, I think that's been the biggest play for NPFLs to come in with full live coverage and everything. Um, it's a, uh, it makes it so, uh, so many more people, I think, get involved watching live footage and good live coverage. Yeah, and 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 we've got good coverage. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's been top notch. You know, uh, Fat Cat and uh, Luke do a great job. You know, oh, yeah. so they're fun. They're cut up and have a good time with it. It's real laid back setting. You know, and uh, I enjoy going back and watching that. I, I, that's one thing that I do like about it is 
like Blake Hartwell, I went back, I probably watched it 10 times because dude, I missed it. I missed the deal, but that's from the angler perspective, going back and seeing what you missed. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, some people don't like it. I like it. I like to go see what I missed. And then that way where I'm faced with those same conditions again, and later I can pick it up quicker, you know, mm-hmm. and understand maybe what I'm doing wrong or what I should go try. So heck yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, Taylor, thanks again, man, for coming on, taking the time out. Absolutely. Um, good luck filling your deer tag through the rest of the season here. Best of luck with that. And uh, excited to look look forward into watching you on the Opens next year. And, uh, man, it's going to be fun to, to watch that battle. Yep. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Have a good rest of your evening. All right. You too. <laughs> that was an awesome show hope you guys enjoyed it if you can and your app allows it please leave us a rating and review it really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys so hope you enjoyed it and if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners all of that is in every single show description you can click down there it's got all of our discount codes all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.